your host, Chase Kupo. This episode, it's a good one, is the second episode in which Scooby and the gang meet Batman and the super tight, short, short-wearing boy wonder Robin. This one isn't quite as memorable as their first encounter, I would say, but I would also dare to say it is as good as the first one in which the gang teamed up with Batman and Robin. So this episode, the gang starts out rather innocuous this time. They're camping. It looks very fun and quaint. No crimes to commit, places to break into, you know, police investigations to force their way on. Just a fun outing for the gang as friends. As in every single movie or cartoon episode ever, the fire that the protagonists are around needs wood at this moment, the moment that we picked up in the story. Of course, it's a classic plot device. Shaggy and Scooby try to get the firewood, but they run into a moose. Shaggy runs away, calling it a wild horse, and saying that he's never seen a horse with wood growing out of its head. Outstanding. As they're uh, dealing with their fear from such an incident, the two overhear Joker and the Penguin holding a professor hostage. Uh, Joker is always pretty jokerish in these crossovers. I mean, lots, lots of jokes and laughing. It's actually one of my favorite designs of the character through, like, any medium, to be honest. I mean, there's a lot of great looks in the comics. There's the animated, you know, Mark Hamill voice Joker, but th- this one just really hits for me. The Penguin looks great, too, but I've already had enough of his alliteration. It- it's it's way over the top. I don't even see it. Well, I guess I could see how kids enjoy it, but I, I think some of them honestly may not. But that's okay, because Joker spots Shag and Scoob, and then he and Penguin make a plan to scare them away. They know there's some teen marauders, and they have to get rid of them so they can keep kidnapping the professor, of course. They are on the Great Scott! Batman and Robin show up just in time to throw lots of exclamations at us, the viewer. They are on the lookout for the villains that Shaggy and Scooby saw, Joker and the Penguin, along with Professor Flaky. They are here to rescue him. The gang decides to go looking for the Professor with Batman and Robin, and uh, Robin, who prefers the freedom of wearing bikini shorts with no tights or even pantyhose whatsoever, the superheroes head out to search the area in their Batcopter, and the gang goes to do the same in their mystery machine. The gang is on the way to check out a suspicious cave that Shaggy says he and Scoop saw earlier when they saw the Penguin and the Joker. They happen to encounter a hollow log in the road. You know, happens all the time when you're driving in the forest. You have to be careful when you're you're on these, these fun camping trips. It can be dangerous. They then see and hear an absolute nightmare in the trees ahead. It's a, as the as Velma and Fred call it, a dryad. Or, yeah, a dryad. I believe it might be dryad. Either way, it's a mythical tree spirit. Uh, it's it's hooting and hollering. It, it looks like a tree trunk with wooden legs and arms, and the face is kind of like a mess of straw-like hair, and then you can see an eyes and a mouth in that mess. It's an absolute nightmare, to be honest. I would not have gotten out of the van. I am not as brave as Scooby in the gang. That's a very low bar, so I'm a little disappointed in myself. And this Dryad also makes a bevy of noises, such as ooh and ah, very often, actually. And, you know, that may just be its breathing pattern. I'm not sure. I've never encountered a Dryad, and this is the first time, you know, I remember hearing about it in pop culture or media. So there's that. 
The gang clears the log from the road because the Dryad only ooed and ahed at them and then went away. But uh, as they clear the log from the road, they they shove it off a cliff, and what do you know, Scooby was hiding in it because he was scared of the Dryad, so he almost drowns when they roll him off of the cliff. Now, I'm sure that Fred definitely didn't know that he was in there. Mm-hmm. Shaggy does save Scooby, but he nearly drowns as well. They make it just fine out of the, the lake or otherwise, whatever kind of body of water, I'm pretty sure it's a lake, that they're in. Uh, Fred plays dumb while Velma and Daphne tell Batman about their missing friends. The older kids then continue to try and find the villains of the piece, which, uh, you know, they've the two have done a great job so far at distracting the gang because I almost, as I was saying this, I almost forgot that Joker and Penguin, they're the actual villains of this. I was thinking of the Dryad. So the gang crosses a bridge, but there is now, not a Dryad, a troll underneath. It turns the bridge around 360 degrees using a little lever, and the gang travels through it, and they don't realize, I guess gravity has less of an effect on the gang. They don't realize that it's been turned around, so they drive all the way back to their camp. The Batcopter patrols overhead while the gang tries to go through the bridge again. They figure, you know what, the first time was a fluke, let's try this again. The Dryad and the Troll are down at the bottom of the bridge near the lever laughing together. They reveal themselves as Joker and the Penguin. Joker as the Dryad and Penguin as the Troll. Fittingly, I guess. Uh, absolutely shocking. If you didn't see this coming, I can imagine just how shocking it was. Uh, they laugh a lot, laugh a lot, excuse me. They use some alliteration, and by some I mean far too much. And they start to make a plan, but they have to scare Shaggy and Scooby off because they come walking up. Always at the worst time for those those two poor souls. The troll jumps up behind them and he says, blah, 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 blah. He says it just like that. Uh, the Dryad, meanwhile, stays down by the lever and he turns the bridge around every time Shaggy and Scooby run through. So they keep coming back to face the troll. Then the villain, well, they're having a lot of fun. They're really torturing poor Scooby and Shaggy. But they're forced to escape as our very practical heroes chase them off in the Batcopter. The gang approaches the bridge in the van and they nearly careen right off the cliff with the bridge left out of place. Uh, and when the, when the villains had to make a quick getaway, you know, they left the bridge uh, facing 90 degrees the wrong way. And I guess brakes don't work when something is amiss because as they, they pull up, as they're pulling up to the bridge, uh, they maintain their speed, and, and, you know, Fred says, oh, no, the, the bridge is out of place, you know, so I guess they couldn't just stop. But it's okay, because Shaggy and Scooby turn the bridge back just in time to make up for that. Fred gets out, and he calls Shaggy dumb, as they, they are finally checking out the cave that Shaggy spotted earlier when they first saw Joker and Penguin. They all start to walk away, because the cave looks like a dead end. It's very small. There's no secret lair here. How could there possibly be one? But... Shaggy trips over a rock, activating the secret cliffside door. Now, how's that feel, Fred? You were wrong, and you can't hide from it. Welcome to the real world. So Scooby gets the older kids back over there because they didn't realize that Shaggy was gone whatsoever. They didn't hear any commotion, they weren't looking for their friend, and they were just ready to keep walking. Uh, the gang, you know, Scooby gets the, the older kids back there, and uh, they all struggle with the door. They, they can't figure out how it works. And instead of a, a simple release mechanism, 
Velma realizes that uh, that Shaggy, when when he tripped over the rock, that's that that was the release mechanism. And so instead of being able to pull the rock back or step on it and walk through, each member of the gang has to sprint and trip over the rock and barrel through the turnstile door. Uh, very funny. It's it's a good little it's a good little moment in the episode. Uh, once they're in the cave, they decide to split up and explore the hideout, uh, which is, reduces their numbers much to Fred's liking per usual. I think he has a dastardly plan. He's he's conditioning the gang. Look out! Now let's take a quick commercial break for my own podcast, Back Row Movie News. What's going on, you guys? This is Back Row Movie News, where we cover all the latest in movie news. And we talk about the MCU, World of DC, Star Wars, and much more. You can tune in weekly for news and reviews. Watch us on YouTube or audio versions of this podcast, also available on iTunes and Google Play. And you can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And follow those pages for notifications on upcoming videos coming to you guys. So make sure you subscribe for the best seat in the house, Back Row Movie News. 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 We're going to have a talk later. All right. Uh, picking back up with the Scooby episode here. Professor Flaky tells the villains he has a flying thing, a jetpack of sorts, and they like that. That's uh, a very slapstick way to rob places and steal things, you know? Penguin offers to pay for the suit, but he uses a little bit too much alliteration, and the professor gets suspicious. He claims that they're going to use the jetpack for nefarious purposes. Anyone or thing who uses that much alliteration is definitely a villain. Has to be. Joker nearly throttles the professor to death, so the professor wisely, he gives in and he tells them where to get it. It's like when you're getting robbed. Don't try to be a hero or go down. Just give them what they're asking for and live the fight another day. The professor is a very smart man, and the Joker is a very disturbed individual. The gang is in the in the caves looking for the professor and the villains, and they trip an alarm. This causes the villains to get dressed up as the Dryad and the Troll to scare them away. The Professor also has a sort of speech impediment in which he spoonerizes, which that is a word now, I'm claiming it, almost everything he says. Which, as we know, in this episode, must indicate an innocent person. The villains, they have their alliteration and their laughing. He has the spoonerism. Uh, lots of great insights on life and people in this episode. Now, Batman and Robin join this clue-searching party as well. They finally arrive. Who knows what they were doing before, but they're back. Penguin and Joker are not dressed up as the Dryad and the Troll. I don't know why I put that in there, but maybe I thought they did. I, I was probably looking down writing the notes. It happens sometimes. You, you, you look away and you miss something. But the Penguin and the Joker are using, well, they decide to use... An animatronic bat to try and scare the older kids in the cave who are looking for Scooby and Shaggy. Uh, and I guess they, they deem them to be lost because but even though they just split up. But either way, the older kids are looking for their friends. And uh, all of a sudden, and, ir and ironically, a giant bat shows up. Uh, Penguin even says this much. He, he says, Let's, oh, they, they hang out with Batman and Robin. Let's see how they like this. Uh, the bat is, it's a giant one, and it swoops down many times, nearly hitting the older kids. It's actually pretty dangerous, you know. They, they could get hurt being hit with that large machine. I don't think the penguin is playing around in this episode, at least at this point. They put the bat, uh, the villains put the bat on autopilot to go, so they can go terrorize Shaggy and Scooby and try and get them out of there. They trap the two in an underground lake area, another secret uh, wall, lever, door, rock, rock door, you know, closes behind them, and they end up in this area. There's a boat in the water. Uh, the jo Joker has has to course them into the boat so they can 
enact their plan to scare them. And the Joker does this by pretending to be a ghost, you know, a sheet over a balloon kind of ghost. Uh, they're scared away by, by some poetry that he spews at them. And he, he also does more blah, 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 blah. Honestly, just like that, basically. Uh, the two are stuck in the middle, well, the two, Scooby and Shaggy, they, they take off running. That's the blah, blah, blah is very frightening to them. They take off and they go speeding into the middle of the lake with the boat, but the oars break and they are stuck adrift. Penguin activates a custom, probably very expensive, fountain that has a frowny face and eyes, making it seem like a phantom. It's very scary stuff here. The two jump ship, and when they do, they find a shallow spot in the water. Then the fountain, the, the spray, it begins moving towards them. It begins moving horizontally, not only vertically. And as they get up to try and run away, they fall into deeper water, almost drowning again. But they, they do the right thing. They, they realize they have to stop panicking. They get them keep their heads above water, and they get to the shore. They make it out of the water. They're wallowing on the shore after the phantom disappears. When suddenly the cave wall door opens behind them, and a ghastly hand reaches to grab Shaggy by the shoulder. Here we have the famous meme, actually. The one where Shaggy's animation looks really funny, and he has a hand on his shoulder. You know the one. If you don't, I'll post it in the Facebook discussion group when this drops. It's one of my favorite faces ever made in a cartoon ever. Shaggy faints. He's very scared by the hand just reaching out and grabbing him. So, And he faints, and he falls face first into the extremely shallow end of the water. It turns out to be Professor Flaky. The older kids, meanwhile, are still being terrorized by the bat. But good old Batman and Robin hit it with not one, but two batarangs disabling it. The two heroes finally, rightfully, correct Fred's plans to split up. They, they, they set off, they and the older kids set off to find the other two members of the gang. Meanwhile, the villains see their shadow on the wall, and they, they think they're going to, they say, all right, got to dress up and frighten these kids away again. But they also see the shadows of Batman and Robin. They realize they can't contend with them. They can't, they can't trick Batman and Robin as easy as they can trick these kids. So they make a quick getaway by going up an elevator. Very, uh, very high-tech stuff here. Shag and Scoob are nowhere to be seen. The older kids do hear voices, and they prepare to jump the oncoming party, but it turns out to be Shag, Scoob, and Flaky. Now here, Fred uses a very common Scooby-Doo show technique to move the plot along, and he says, I wish I knew where they were going, uh, in relation to where Joker and Penguin were headed when they escaped. Flaky chimes in, and he pays off some dialogue that was planted earlier by saying that they are probably headed to his lab to steal the jetpack. Way to go, Flaky. He reveals that he gave the villains the incorrect location of his jetpack. Uh, he lied, which is bad, but it was necessary this time. So the gang, they get up to the surface, and they find that the Batcopter is gone. The villains finally did something very villainy and smart. They made a good call, and they took the Batcopter to get where they needed to go. You know, hamstring the heroes and get where you need to go in time. Great idea. The villains are going to the place that Flaky originally said that the jetpack was at. So the gang, and then he says that uh, the jetpack is actually at the Gotham Rubber Factory, his other office. So the gang uh, drops Batman and Robin off near their Batcave so they can get the Batmobile, you know, as the Batcopter is stolen right now, which, you know, ironic. Uh, they, they split up. The Batman and Robin go to the spot where Joker and Penguin are supposed to be to try and catch them there, and the gang goes to the Gotham Rubber, rubber Factory with Professor Flaky so that they can beat the villains there 
and keep the jetpack safe, at least until Batman and Robin show back up. Uh, uh, let's see. Ah, Fred, once again, once they get to the Gotham Rubber Factory, he splits the gang up. But this time, it's actually a good strategy. Shag and Scoob, albeit reluctantly, and they, they very hilariously try to find the pick the best spot to be in, uh, watch the yard while the older kids go up with Flaky to stay in the lab. And oh yes, there are some giant balloons there at the uh, at the Gotham Rubber Factory. They're for the Thanksgiving Day Parade, and it, the balloons include Batman, Robin, Santa, Yogi Bear, and Fred Flintstone. They hear Shaggy and Scooby. They hear the helicopter approaching, which means that Poker and Jangwin have arrived. They see the left the light left on in the lab. You know, rookie mistake. And they decide to go in through the factory door, not the front door to, that the gang was expecting them to come in. They do this to trick them, to go up a back set of stairs and hopefully get in there and surprise them. Shaggy and Scooby were hidden in the yard when they landed in the back copter, so they saw the villain's plan, they heard it, and they tell the older kids they shout through a window. Uh, they go down to try and, the older kids, they go down to try and hold the villains off until Batman and Robin can rejoin and detain them. Both groups, you know, Joker and Penguin and the older kids, are hiding in the dark. They know where they know they're both there, but they're trying to make plans to scare and or get rid of the others. Uh, the gang's plan actually tricks them really hardcore. Uh, it made me laugh. They they really got Joker and Penguin good, uh, but unfortunately, Fred got got his feet stuck in some fresh sticky rubber, as he says. Which I must say is housed in the biggest barrel I have ever even heard of imagine or even imagined i mean it has to be like 20 feet tall and like like 10 to 15 feet wide i think it's supposed to be some sort of machinery you know like a but it just the top looks just like a barrel so all i can see is this this big huge comically huge barrel it's really crazy uh, the gang is now getting close to being in hot water uh the the villains kind of they almost have them cornered they've, they've kind of outsmarted and outmuscled them but Batman and Robin show up to kick some villain butt. They leave Shag and Scoob in the yard to specifically stand in the shadow of the building and watch the mystery machine and Batmobile. Flaky sees the mysterious silhouettes of our Cape Crusaders, but you know they're on the roof. They they decided uh, we're gonna drop down into the lab through the roof to surprise the villains. But Professor Flaky thinks that's the villains up on the roof. Now his solution to being caught in the lab with the invention is to just take it and chuck it out the window. It lands right on poor Scooby. Uh, Shaggy calls him fat, and then he ac accidentally activates the suit. Now, Scooby is shot straight up, and he can't control it, so he's he's on his way to space, as Batman says, which he would not be able to survive. What a horrible end it would be for our cartoon hound friend. Flaky points out, yeah, and he shouts at, it, at Scooby through the window, that he can press the landing button. Now, Scoop has trouble finding it. There's several different buttons on the, the chest controls, so he starts shooting himself all around the sky. Now, Batman and Robin, they hop into the Batcopter and haphazardly are flying very close to uh, uh, someone in peril, and, and they're trying, but they're trying to rescue him. So maybe not, I mean, they had to get up, but it's just very dangerous. Now, Shaggy climbs up on the giant Batman balloon to try and catch Scoop, grab him, and pull him down. A penguin, meanwhile, shows off his throwing arm by throwing his umbrella to hit the suit, bringing Scooby down, and then they can take it. He misses because Scooby avoids it. He's getting hang of the controls, but 
the umbrella hits the giant Batman balloon, uh, the one that Shaggy was standing on. So now Shaggy's in trouble when the balloon starts whooshing around, losing air. The Cape Crusaders manage to save him from the fall, and they, they get Scooby down. Nice. The balloon falls to the ground, almost harmlessly, harmlessly, but not totally, as it traps the Penguin and the Joker as they are trying to run away. Now, the Joker, I mean, he, now we have the final scene where they, they wrap up the mystery. They make a couple jokes. Everybody's correcting the professor's speech, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And I just have to say, for like 90% of this scene, the Joker, like they they didn't, it's like they, they didn't like animate him fully. They just left the still image of the Joker. Like they, they saved the time and the effort by just leaving him. But he has the craziest, funniest, creepiest smile that this show has ever mustered. Uh, it's it's on par with Shaggy's face earlier. I talked about that, that, that one that's blowing up as a, that blew up as a meme a couple months ago. Uh, it's just the Joker is just sitting there with his mouth wide open staring. I can't remember now. I feel like he was staring directly into the camera, but he was probably wasn't. If he was, then it's ten times worse now that I'm thinking about it. But it was just a, a really great animation. All right, that does it for this episode of Scooby-Doo, the Caped Crusader Caper. Uh, one of the better episodes of the new Scooby-Doo movies. I think it's a very fun one. Uh, go ahead and make sure you check out my Scooby-Doo 50th anniversary episode that I did for my other podcast, Backroll Movie News. It's called Backroll Where Are You? Uh, you can watch it on YouTube or you can listen to it almost anywhere you get your podcasts. Uh, and thank you to Dave Seste for the use of his music, Night Surfing, as the theme song for the Meddling Kids podcast. Thank you all for listening. Stay groovy. And remember, I wouldn't have gotten away with it if it wasn't for you meddling kids. 